Welcome to the Maximizing Outcomes Podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Achieving bigger and better results with money, family, and business isn't about creating a bigger to-do list for yourself. It's about who can help you create results without you having to do all the work. Listen as we provide uncommon perspectives, powerful resources, and experienced people that can help you maximize outcomes in your life. Let's get to the show. Is the key to unlocking more retirement income sitting right inside your life insurance policy? I'm Patrice Sikora. In this episode of Maximizing Outcomes, Jim McGovern is going to discuss how investments and life insurance work together to create better retirement outcomes. So, Jim, I, I pause there for a moment because how is how do they work together to create this better retirement outcome? That's right. It's a, it's kind of a foreign topic to a lot of people because typically people think of life insurance as death insurance. You know, they think of it something that they would use when they're younger to protect against the loss of income. Uh, I think a lot of times people think about these so-called needs, like if I die when I'm young, I want to make sure I have income to provide for my family. I want to make sure my debts are paid off. I want to make sure my kids are educated. There's money to, to fund their college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they get to retirement, they figure, well, those needs have been met and I didn't die. So let's drop our life insurance coverage as we walk off into retirement. And it's a it's a massive missed opportunity. And I think it's a lot of times it's because of a misunderstanding that it's not it's not death insurance, it's life insurance. And there's a lot of living benefits for the owner of the policy that have nothing to do with dying. It's more about living. And there's a few big misunderstandings that I think people are missing. So we want to do a whole episode around it. Just real quick, these, these two misunderstandings. When we think about life insurance when we're younger, people tend to think of life insurance to replace income while we're working. It shifts in retirement. If you have death benefit that lasts forever, you don't use life insurance to replace income when you're in retirement. You use it to replace assets. Hmm. And the other thing I want to mention is that we forget that there's still income to protect in retirement. You think of income coming from Social Security or a pension plan. When death occurs, the pension plan can shut off. The Social Security check, one of those checks, if you're married, will go away. And I think people forget about that oftentimes, and they're shocked when death does occur. And they say, well, we were enjoying this income jointly, or we built our life around it, and now the income is dropping, and we wish we had a way to replace it. And the life insurance can do that, right? It can. And we're going to dive into the details and give people a little little roadmap on how all this works. Okay. Now, banks and corporations, they tend to lose to use rather a lot of life insurance, but they use it differently from the way we do, we, the way we've learned to do it. So explain how they use it and what we should do. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to people. Uh, in fact, I'll put this in the show notes that when you see how much permanent life insurance large corporations and banks own, um, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars banks have put into life insurance. So I'm going to put a chart in the show notes that'll show you the the largest banks in this country and how much money they have sitting inside the cash value of their life insurance policies. It's not even counting the death benefit. So let's talk about why would a why would a corporation, why would a bank own permanent life insurance? Well, first off, they they have key people that are providing income for the business. Mm-hmm. So companies depend on that revenue, and they want to protect that revenue. Much like a family wants to protect their income, they depend on in the event of the death of a a breadwinner. And that makes absolute sense. Right. So it's the same same reason there. But also, employees want to retire, and employers want them to retire. They want to bring in fresh talent, younger younger workers. 
So what companies will do, and banks do this, large corporations do this, they're going to outlay large amounts of assets or large amounts of cash flow to fund retirement benefits for their key executives. So one day they retire, they have a way to get them out of the company. Here's your retirement income. Here you go. Go. But away. they're not just doing this out of generosity of their heart. I mean, yes, they're, they're making smart business decisions to, to retain this key talent. But what they do is they own life insurance on these employees and they call this the inevitable gain. Eventually, we all die. The bank or the corporation keeps the life insurance in place until the day of death, which may be in your 90s. And when you die, they're the beneficiaries of that life insurance. They're going to recoup and replenish those assets that they spent earlier on your retirement benefits. So they're using life insurance as a way to cost recover the benefits they provided while you were working. Jim, I never, ever thought of that. Never. Most people don't, unless they do this for a living. Wow. that's Actually, that's a brilliant strategy. It, it is brilliant. And it's also, these aren't people that don't pay attention to money. I mean, they have some of the it's savviest true. financial minds in the world working for these corporations. And I want to mention one other thing about banks. Other reasons why they own life insurance, uh, especially permanent life insurance, is it's not just about the death benefit. That's a, that's a huge feature, the main reason why you own permanent insurance, but it also contains cash. And that's, that's tax advantage cash that they can store in these policies. It's earning a high yield. It's safe. It's very liquid. And banks consider this what's called a tier one asset. That's their most precious capital. Hmm. That's their safety net. And they sink large amounts of money into life insurance for those reasons. And that allows them to take different risks with their other money, their tier two capital. They can take more risks knowing they have a way to be nimble in case something else pops up. And again, that permanent death benefit ultimately will be that cost recovery method. So it's really the same thing that, that individuals can do. Explain, explain. So when we talk, well, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about retirement. I don't think enough people are clear on what the real retirement challenges are. You have a bucket of money you spend a lifetime creating, and now you walk off into retirement, and there's four main things that your money is responsible for. So number one, your income has to provide you, I'm sorry, your, your assets have to provide you income for an unknown lifespan. We don't know if we're going to live a year into retirement, if we're going to be alive for 30 years in retirement. So there's this pressure to make this money last, this unknown duration. It's almost like running a race, but you don't know where the finish line is. Hmm, good point. We can't, we can't have the money that just ends when your life ends, because if you're married, when you die, you have to make sure that there's still money there for your spouse. So that's the second task. The money has to provide cash flow for your spouse until he or she passes away. The third responsibility is this money has to be able to absorb shocks and surprises. There's going to be lots of them along the way. We don't know what inflation is going to do. We don't know what taxes are going to do. The market's going to have not just bad days, but bad years. There's going to be surprise medical expenses. You may have to help out kids and grandkids. So there's all these little spending shocks to the plan, and your money has to be able to absorb those. And then dead last, no pun intended, whatever <laughs> remains at the end of your life in your, in your spouse's life, that's the financial legacy that you pass on to kids, grandkids, and charity. It's, it's the leftovers. So just imagine for a minute that somebody has no life insurance at all. They have investments only in retirement. So while they don't have insurance, their investments have to be both an income source and it has to act like an insurance policy. It has to insure against longevity. It has to ensure that there's going to be money there for your spouse. It has to ensure that you can you can absorb those shocks we talked about, and then ultimately you're gonna you're gonna pass on the legacy. So basically, you're self-insuring yourself here. You're self-insuring, and people think, well, self-insurance is free. It's not free. You're not paying a premium, 
for that self-insurance, but the cost is in the form of reduced income. And again, in the show notes, I want to point this out. This isn't like my opinion on how this stuff works. Ernst & Young, one of the largest accounting firms in the world, did an extensive research study on this, and they produced an entire white paper and a website that's speaking to this exact challenge, right? They look at what does it look like in retirement if you have an investment-only approach versus what if you have investments, life insurance, annuities, you have a combination of these things. And what they found is exactly what we're going to talk about is that it leads to a, a pretty significant boost in, in income and greatly reduces the risk. And if you understand what you've got, it probably reduces the stress. Big time. I mean, people are, people are sick of worrying. I'm not sure about you. I don't want to worry. <laughs> you know, you, you're stressed and you worry enough as you're, as you're going through your career. When you get to retirement, that, that should be the big party. That should be the stress-free part. And yet people are terrified they're going to run out or their way of saying, I'm never going to run out is they just, they hoard money and they, they never, they never use it. They never enjoy it. That's right. Well then, all right, tell me how we can take what the, the companies do and what you just went through with, you know, what life insurance can or cannot do. How can we use it? So let's let's give you a couple of examples here. So let's go back to our four tasks for money, right? It's got to give me income, income from my spouse, absorb shocks, and handle the legacy. Suppose I have life insurance that stays in place permanently. Okay, it's even from a hundred years old, it, it's still in place. So if I know it's always going to be there, I can use the life insurance to handle providing for my spouse, handle the spending shocks, and be my legacy provider. So that frees up my investments to only have one job now. It just has to give me income until I die. It doesn't have to be in income source and also be there long after I'm gone. I have the life insurance to take care of everything else. I got the investments just for the income. So it, it is a drastic shift that I don't need to be a money hoarder anymore. I don't have to hoard my investments, hoard my retirement money. I have the freedom to spend and enjoy those because I can easily replace them through the life insurance. It's the same cost recovery mechanism that the banks and the corporations are using. Hmm. <laughs> it's. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here going, why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I think of... This, this right. way to look at it this way. All right. So I'm sure I'm sure you've got software that will show the math on this, but help our audience and help me visualize in our heads what you've just been talking about. Right. Software does make it a little bit easier to, to map this out and measure the math and, and, and see how all this works. But visually, it's actually a fairly concept to just think about in your mind. So I'm going to use a million dollar example here for a bunch of different scenarios, just so everyone can do the math in their head. And you can scale this up or down based on your net worth. The ratios are going to be the same. But I want you to imagine that all the money you spent your entire life saving, investing, and preparing for retirement is all in one big giant bucket. So in this case, it's going to be a bucket of water. And you've filled that bucket up. In this example, it's a million bucks. And you've got to carry that with you now the rest of retirement. That's all you have. It's got to last you for this unknown time frame. So the most common way of planning for retirement is to live on this interest-only idea or this 4% rule. In other words, imagine the rain is coming and it's filling up that bucket. Those droplets of rain that are filling the bucket, that's dividends and interest and returns on your money. And the idea is I'm going to let that bucket fill up beyond the million bucks. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to get a little ladle. And I'm going to scoop out maybe $40,000 a year. And I'm going to enjoy that. That's my retirement income. So the bucket fills up a little bit. I, I scoop a little bit out, some back to my million. And I just repeat that process every single year. So the good news is I'm never going to run out of the money, right? I've always got that million dollars. The bad news is 40000 is not a lot of income. I was just going to say, where are you living, my friend? Yeah. How many million dollar buckets of money do you need to replace the income you have while you work, right? Obviously, everybody can do the math in their head. So the second approach is to attach a faucet to the bucket. Instead of having this little ladle, we're just waiting for the rain to fill it up and we scoop it out. 
it's still going to be raining. We're still going to fill our bucket with dividends and interest and returns on our investments, but we're going to attach a faucet to the bucket and we're going to turn this thing on and we're going to let seventy dollars or $80,000 a year come flowing out of this bucket. So we have a lot more cash flow to enjoy. But as that faucet is turned on full blast and you're enjoying all that cash flow, the bucket is draining. So it's fine though, because when that bucket runs dry at the end of my life, the life insurance bucket's been standing there the entire time, full of a million dollars of cash, and it's gonna gonna fill back up my family wealth bucket back up to the million dollars. So I can I can hand that bucket to my wife when I'm dead, right? She gets her bucket filled back up to a million dollars. We can dip into that million dollar life insurance policy throughout our lifetime to deal with spending shocks. That can be the legacy to our kids and our grandkids. So just by attaching that faucet and letting the money flow, we're enjoying a better retirement together, but we're doing it in a in a risk-free way because we have a way to replace that money via the life insurance. Amazing. What are some other ways life insurance and investments can work together? So when I explain this to people and they think of that bucket, yeah, there's seventy dollars or $80,000 a year flowing out of the bucket. They like that, that income, but they're also visualizing that bucket draining. And they're saying, well, I, I probably should time this right. You know, this bucket needs to run just about empty when my life is over, right? But what if we get to the end and I'm still very healthy, I'm alive, and I'm going to live five or 10 more years? I don't like the idea that there's nothing left in that bucket. Now, granted, I can still dip into the life insurance, but what people would really appreciate is instead of having a bucket with a faucet that I'm draining, they'd rather swap that out for a garden hose. And that's when it, <laughs> that's what an annuity is, right? I'm going to take my bucket, I'm going to go to the annuity company, I'm going to pour my million dollars into the annuity. And they're going to hand me a garden hose. They're going to turn the faucet on. I'm going to enjoy, let's say, $70,000 a year for as long as I live. Maybe even they turn the pressure up and they increase that flow throughout my lifetime. But that valve will never shut off until I die. Or the other approach would be they don't turn it on to $70,000 a year. They give me $65,000 and they won't shut the valve off in, until both my, myself and my wife are both dead. Right? But people like that never-ending, I don't have to worry about it, cash flow that mm -hmm. continues on forever. But again, at death... If I haven't received a million dollars out of the annuity yet, they'll pay the balance to my family. But if I've received more than a million dollars and I die, the valve shuts off. But again, the life insurance bucket dumps into my family wealth bucket and it fills it back up to the million dollars. And for legacy purposes and surviving spouse, we're, we're made whole again. And you mentioned legacy here. We've done an, uh, an episode about charitable planning. How could you use this for charity? All right, we'll stick with our buckets analogy and our, and our water. Okay. Hopefully people aren't getting thirsty here. But you know, you've got your million dollar bucket and you're, you're feeling rather fortunate. And you're looking around the community saying, there's a lot of people around here with empty buckets. Now, I want to still be able to take care of myself in retirement, but I'd like to be able to pay it forward and fill up some other people's buckets whenever I'm gone. So you go to the charitable trust, you dump your million dollars into their charitable trust bucket, and they hand you a garden hose. And they turn it on and say, we're not going to give you $70,000 a year like the annuity would, but maybe we'll give you $60,000 a year. You'll have income for life. You don't have to worry about this ever shutting off. But upon your death, whatever's left over, they're going to use that to fill up other people's buckets. Mm -hmm. And maybe they take your leftovers and they help these people instead of just filling their bucket. Maybe they help them start a business. They sell lemonade. Okay, Take your water and they're selling lemonade and everybody's better off, except for the fact that you've just disinherited your family. Now, you had, you had plenty of income in retirement. You were fine. But the assets that you gave to the charity cannot go to your family. They don't go to your surviving spouse. So again, the life insurance can be used to fill up the family wealth bucket, get you all back to a million dollars. You made a, a bigger difference in the community. You took care of, of causes that you were passionate about, and you didn't disinherit your family. They were made whole again. The only group that you disinherited is the IRS, right? Remember, if you're taking money out of any of these buckets, the IRS is taking their share. If you give it to the charity, 
they're going to take less or none at all. But that's okay. It's fantastic. Talk to me some more. Social so give, security. Social security. Yeah, social security is a big one. I'll give a couple more examples. Social security is like having two garden hoses from the government. And now the garden hoses are turned on at retirement. They never shut off. They may not be equal amounts. Mm-hmm. So one spouse might have more more money or more water flowing out of their garden hose than their other spouse. But at death, the government says, well, which, which hose is sending less water? We're going to shut that valve off. So if, if my social security check is larger than my wife's and I die, she'll keep my social security check, but she'll lose hers. Right. And that's that missing link that people often forget about until they learn the hard way. They say, wait a minute, we were, we were living on both of these garden hoses. We were enjoying both of these greatly. One was just shut off. Well, we can use the life insurance to replace that garden hose. Same thing happens with pension plans. So with a pension plan, you have that garden hose turned on. Maybe it's paying you $60,000 a year. Sometimes people say, well, wait, if I die, there's nothing at all. So my spouse has nothing. So they can use life insurance to, to replace that. Or sometimes they'll say to the pension company, I don't want $6,000 a month. Give me 5000 But if I die, just turn the faucet down a little bit and, and just, give my, just give my wife $2,500 a month. But they're, they're taking a reduced cash flow to get some kind of income going to their spouse when they die. Hmm. So the life insurance can either be the permission to just turn the, the hose on full blast, take the entire 6000 a month, because when you die, the life insurance will give your spouse 6000 a month. Or if you took the lower payout, you're getting 5000 but you die, your spouse gets 2500 The life insurance can make up that difference and get, get he or she back up to the 5000 Jim, this is a the fantastic life- new way to look at things. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's, it's very different. And I want to give you one more. Okay. And this one is, uh, we'll wrap up with this one, but you know, droughts happen because we're talking about water. Mm-hmm. And when droughts happen, water evaporates. Well, a drought, when you're investing money in retirement, comes in the form of it's draining the bucket for you. The money's just gone. And yeah, the rain will eventually come, but what do you do in the meantime? So we want that bucket in the investments to be out there exposing the elements because there can be some torrential downpours and that bucket could fill very, very quickly. But it can also drain very quickly if we're in a drought. So if we're in a really bad economy and you have that faucet turned on full blast and the water's evaporating because we're in a, we're in a bad economy, there's, there's market losses. That's when you turn to the life insurance, which is like a bunch of cash sitting in an insulated cooler. It's not exposed to the elements. So you can stop, you can shut the valve off from the investments for a while, go turn the valve on from the life insurance, have plenty of nice cool water coming out of that, out of that, uh, that cooler to take care of what you need. And then when the, when the drought is over and the rain starts to fall again, that other investment buckle will start to fill. And you can go back, you can shut off the life insurance valve and turn on the, the investment valve. And that we've modeled that out in many different types of market environments. It is a profound difference. And in some cases, the difference between somebody being dead broke early in retirement or having a significant legacy at the end is just that ability to turn off one valve and turn on the other. These are great analogies, Jim. <laughs> I really can see them in my head. I appreciate that so much. So how can somebody reach you if they want to talk to you about water buckets and faucets and valves? Yeah, bring in a bucket, right? <laughs> we'll have a conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so if you're if you're curious, like how does this apply to me? Because when we've mapped these out for clients, we find that somewhere between a 15 to 75% cash flow improvement is possible when you integrate these these techniques together. And a lot of people are saying, well, how does this apply to me? So if you're, if you're curious, how does this apply to you? Just reach out to us on our website. You can go to www.mcgovernwealth.com. There's a contact us button. Tell us you listen to the show. <laughs> you're thirsty because you listen to the show. You want to you <laughs> yeah. talk about this? And we'll sit down and we'll model this out. And, and it's very black and white. Either the math works in your case or it doesn't. You know, If we start to model this out 
and it's like, you know what, based on your age, your health, et cetera, incorporating the life insurance, you're, you're breaking even, or you know what, you're actually coming out behind. Well, that's very easy to figure out. Okay. But if it's, wow, this is a significant difference in cash flow, wouldn't you want to know about that sooner rather than later? Right. So yeah, so reach out to us on the website, read the article in the show notes. You can give us a call and, and we'll, uh, we'll schedule some time together and we'll talk. All right, listeners, take care of your thirst for knowledge. Follow this podcast, Maximizing Outcomes, to know when a new episode is ready for you. And of course, share with others and let Jim know what you're thinking. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Be sure to follow the show to be notified when new episodes become available. To suggest a topic or guest for a future episode, or learn more about how we can help to maximize outcomes in your life, visit our website at www.mcgovernwealth.com. This podcast is intended for general public use and is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or McGovern Wealth Group, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Jim McGovern is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. McGovern Wealth Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. CA Insurance License Number. 0F67329. AR Insurance License Number 7119103. California Insurance License Number 0F67329. Arkansas Insurance License Number 7119103. Compliance Number 2024-168700 expires February 2026. The primary purpose of life insurance is its death benefit. Whole Life Insurance is intended to provide death benefit protection for an individual's entire life. With payment of the required guaranteed premiums, you will receive a guaranteed death benefit and guaranteed cash values inside the policy. Guarantees are based on the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Dividends are not guaranteed and are declared annually by the issuing insurance company's board of directors. Any loans or withdrawals reduce the policy's death benefits and cash values and affect the policy's dividend and guarantees. Whole Life Insurance should be considered for its long-term value. Early cash value accumulation and early payment of dividends depends upon policy type and or policy design, and cash value accumulation is offset by insurance and company expenses.